You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. The title of my message today is The Sacrifice Effect. As we come around vision builders, and, and you'll notice that vision builders isn't just, hey, we want to talk to you about your tithing. That's, that's not what this is. The tithe is, you know, the 10th. The, the tithe is, is the first fruits. The tithe is that which belongs to God. And, and we either bring it or, you know, we withhold it or steal it. But, but this is about giving. This is about generosity. This is about unlocking new levels of living as we go to new levels of giving in our life. But there's a powerful, powerful verse. It's almost, almost like commentary and easy to read over. And it's this verse that we read right here. Solomon, David's son, and his name means peace, takes over in a time where David had defeated all the enemies around about Israel and Solomon takes over in a time of peace. And the, the ex- expansion of the kingdom of Israel was unprecedented in Solomon's reign. And the Bible says that Solomon undertakes the mission to build God a house, to build God a temple that's still there today, almost 3,000 years later in Jerusalem. It's still there today. It's still known as the city of David. But what's interesting is the location. The location, the Bible says, is that, that this temple is built on Mount Moriah. Now, when you read Mount Moriah, it should kind of trigger. It should, where have I heard Mount Moriah before? Well, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 22. In Genesis 22, the Bible says, The Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto Abram, Abraham, Abraham, said, Here I am. And God said, Take now your son, your only son whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and on a mountain of which I will show you, I want you to offer him as a burnt offering. The Bible says Abraham saddled his donkeys and his young young men took them with him. And then he woke up Isaac, put him on the donkey and they rode for three days till they came to that place. And then God showed him the place and said, over there. And then, you know, the story, Abraham, you know, ties up his son, puts him in. His son had to carry the wood, which is a it's a powerful prophetic picture of Jesus, how God never asked for us something he would not first be willing to do himself. God gave his only begotten son. God is always looking for a a reciprocal in the earth. He's always looking for reciprocation. He's looking for reflection. God had his only begotten son carrying the wood of the sacrifice that he would give his life up a hill, just as Isaac carried the wood of the sacrifice up the hill. The difference is that on that Mount Moriah moment, God said, stop, stop. Now I know you will not withhold from me your only son. And God made a substitute with a ram and Isaac was spared. When God's son was on the cross, instead of heaven crying, stop, stop, earth cried, crucify him, crucify him. Ah, you saved others himself, he cannot save. Come on, if you're the son of God, come down. Showing the wickedness of the earth and the graciousness of our God. So it was on Mount Moriah that Abraham made the sacrifice of sacrifices that so moved God. And God says, now I know that you will not withhold from me even your only son. Therefore, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Now fast forward. David is king. And the Bible says in uh 
Samuel, in 2 Samuel, and then also in 1 Chronicles 23, it says that, that Satan moved David's heart to number the people. You may say, well, that's, that's kind of a really weird thing. Well, the numbering of the people, God said not to take a census of the people unless you, you make atonement because I don't want you to shift your trust in your God is a promise-making God, a promise-keeping God, and he's always looking for a promise-believing people to, hey, we don't need God anymore. We've got our armies. We've got our technology. We've we got enough people. We, we can do this on our own. But the Bible says that Satan moved David's heart from trusting in the Lord to trusting in his own arm, trusting in his own strength. And the Bible says that what that did was it released a plague amongst the people. And when the plague broke out, the Bible says in one day, 70,000 people fell. This was worse than COVID. This was, this was like the Black Plague. This was like Ebola. A plague breaks out in Israel. Plagues have always been part of human history, but this plague breaks out. And the Bible says that David began to plead with God, saying, God, this was my fault. I shouldn't have counted the people. Oh, my gosh. And then God opened David's eyes. He opened David's eyes and the Bible says this, that David saw the destroyer. He saw an angel with a sword unsheathed at his side, but the, the, the angel was, was stopped in midair and in mid-strike. The sword was out, but he couldn't move forward. And then the word of the Lord came to David and said, see the place where he stopped. He stopped at Ornan's threshing floor. And God said to David, buy Ornan's threshing floor and offer a sacrifice there. And so David goes to Ornan and he says to Ornan, sell me. This is in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. He says, I want you to sell me the threshing floor and the oxen. And he says, no, no, no. Oh, no. If my king wants it, I'll give it to you. You, you, you take it. And David says to him something very powerful. He says, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. You will sell it to me for full price. So he measured out 500 shekels of silver. He bought that. Then he bought the oxen and he bought the wood and the implements. And there David sacrificed. And as soon as he sacrificed, the Bible says that that destroying angel put his sword back in his sheath, turned and departed, and the plague was averted. That same place, that place is the same place where Solomon builds the temple. It was exactly the same place where Abraham had put Isaac. Ornan's threshing floor is on Mount Moriah today, it's where the Dome of the Rock is. There is something sacred about that ground. The angel stopped because there was something sacred. A transaction had happened. Even though it had happened a thousand years earlier with Abraham, when the angel got there, the destroying angel, he, there was something holy about that territory because of a sacrifice that was made with the blood of a ram caught in the thicket in exchange for Isaac on that place that the angel could not touch. He could not penetrate. He could, even though his agenda was destruction, he was withheld from destruction because of an old man's willingness to, to give a sacrificial offering. And now that the plague was break, broken out, David brings an offering on that same location. And then now Solomon builds the temple on that same location. It's called the sacrifice effect. I want you to know that when we look in the Bible, we see that Cain 
murdered his brother Abel. And God said, where is Abel, your brother? And Cain's like, what am I, my brother's keeper? And God's like, well, you're meant to be. He says, I hear his blood crying to me from the ground. Because of the, the, the sacrifice of Abel, his blood cries to God. Because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, the violent murder of the innocent Jesus, the innocent Son of God, His blood cries out so loud before the Father that it drowns out the accusations of the devil about our sin, about our disqualifications, condemning us, guilt. You can't bless Jürgen. He can't go to heaven. He did this, this, and this. The blood of Jesus cries way louder. But it goes even deeper than that. Every time you give, every time you give a sacrificial offering, there's something that is set in motion. There's something that is sacred that is released. You know, some people say, well, are you trying to tell me that I can buy miracles? Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, none of these guys can buy one ounce of anything in the kingdom. But there is something that is unlocked when we obey the Holy Spirit. There is something that is released when we come with a sacrifice, when we come with a generous offering to the Lord. There is something that is set in motion over our lives. There is something that is set in motion over our world. You know, a few years ago up in San Marcos, before it was a campus, when it was still kind of an empty warehouse that once was the Ashley Furniture Building, we held a Vision Builders event in there. And uh, it was just amazing. We, we kind of trekked the 12-year journey from when we landed to, to where we were there. And what, what, one, of, one of the displays that we had was over the 12 years uh, as a church, back before we were called Awaken, we were called C3. C3 had given uh, away about $5.9 million because we try to give away at least 10% every year of all of our income that comes in. Because, you know, we don't ask you to tithe and then we don't tithe. As a church, we tithe. We give away 10% that comes into missions and all kinds of things. And that's why God has always blessed us. We've never gone without. We've always found the increase of God because we've said, hey, God, you know, your world is our world, your problem, our problem, whatever we can do. And I'll never forget, I'm standing looking at that saying, man, that's incredible. 5.9 million we've given away in 12 years. Well, I had this gentleman kind of, you know, tug on my, and I said, yeah. He says, pastor, look at this. You gave away 5.9 million. Pastor, you could have bought a property with that. You could have bought another property with that. And the word of the Lord came to me. I said, oh, no, no, no. We have four property. That was back then. We have four properties because we gave the 5.9 million. Sure, I could have bought a property with that 5.9 million, but because we gave that 5.9 million, we didn't just have one property, we had four properties. Today, God has been able to so bless us because of our sacrifice effect, because every year we have a church that understands the power of giving, the power of generosity. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Everything responds to sacrifice. Everything flows on the other side of giving. The world says, have now, pay later. God says, pay now, and you wait till you see what I give you later. God will quite often ask you to pay for something, and you're like, well, what am I going to get? And He doesn't tell you. And it's like, well, hang on, why would I give that amount? But I don't know, because God wants to show you how good He is. He wants to show you He's a God that never shortchanges you. You know, I had this powerful, powerful experience when Leanne and I were kind of first starting out in life. We were living in another nation, and there was a, a gentleman who said, listen, uh, 
you just flipped your home and you're buying land, I will project manage the, the, the construction of a new dwelling, a new home. And, uh, and in exchange for that, obviously there's a fee, there's a commission that I receive. And we're like, absolutely. So we entered into a contract and, and we hired this person. We had no idea that they had never project managed and never done a construction project themselves before. And it was a mess. The money and the budget that we had to build that home, they whittled away and the house was maybe just over 50%, maybe 60% finished. There was still 40% and all the money was gone. The, the stress that it brought on to Leanne, who was pregnant with our second son, Ash, was, it was just ginormous. I was working a full-time job, nine to five as a youth pastor, and there, there, there was no grace. There was, my, my pastor would not let me take any time off, so I would literally come home, eat dinner with Leanne and my son Jordan, and then at seven o'clock I would race to, to this property, and I would work with my hands, and I would work with my tools, and every, every week in the paycheck we would make a sacrifice, and I would buy wood, or I would buy paint, or I would buy something so that we could, we could get this thing because I had a baby coming. And we would work overnight. I would work like till four o'clock in the morning and come home, sleep for two hours, you know, wake up, go back to the job and, uh, and then go into work. And it was unbelievably stressful. Well, through a series of miracles and a series of prayer and people that kind of felt sorry for us, we got the house finished. The house was finished. And I'll never forget the project manager, his wife came and looked at the house and said, wow, look at this, you gotta be grateful to my husband. And you know, we couldn't hold it back. We said, your husband, well, let me just tell you, darling, uh, he wasn't all that he said. He left us in a terrible pickle, in a terrible state, but it didn't stop him. This man was kind of motivated more by greed than anything else. And he still expected his commission. And we could have gone to any tribunal, we could have gone to any court and absolutely had uh, him completely vanquished of any demand that he could have had on that property, on that commission. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, even though he violated his side of the agreement, you keep yours. And I'm like, God, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I had to spend out of pocket. We, blood, sweat and tears, all the stress. God, and you want me to go and pay him his commission? Are you? And God's like, exactly. And I'm like, God, why would I do that? And God said, if you will do that, you will find that even though he violated his side of the covenant, you keeping yours will attract my blessing. You will only increase. And sadly, if he doesn't change, he's only going to decrease. Well, the truth is I said to my Leanne, I said, baby, we're paying him the commission. That commission was three months salary for us, three months salary. And so I got that three months of our salary in a commission and I drove it to his place and I handed it to him. He was kind of all kind of smug about it and a little bit sheepish and, and he took it, feeling like, you know, he deserved it. And I remember when I drove off, I felt like the weight of the world had lifted off me. The blessing of God. I got to tell you, Leanne and I, even though there was 101 different things we could have spent that three-month salary on, I'm telling you, Something was unlocked. Something was released over us because we were obedient to do that in that moment. Obedience unlocks things in heaven. 
that money on earth can't buy, the, the, the greatest treasures. You can't trade gold for it. You can't trade silver for it. There's nothing on earth that can replace obedience. And I know right now God is speaking into your heart and God is speaking into your life and he's calling you. He's giving you an opportunity to participate in Vision Builders. On the other side of your sacrifice, through the Bible, there's this sacrifice effect that when we sacrifice, there's something that goes in that doesn't just affect you, it affects the generations. You know, God said to Abraham when he put Isaac down and, and stop, stop, and then it was switched for the ram, God says, because you have done this, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply you, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Well, fast forward almost 800 years, Joshua comes to the city of Jericho, the first city in Canaan, and they've built a fortress that looks impregnable and looks impossible. And Joshua's like, man, should we just go around? And God says, no, 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 you don't need to go around it. All you need to do is shout a shout of praise and I'll bring the walls down. You know the story. They marched around it once a day for six days and then they woke up really early on the seventh day and marched around it seven times. And at the end of seven, they blew the trumpet, the ram's horns, the priests, and all the people shouted and the walls came down supernaturally. The reason the walls came down supernaturally for Joshua, he didn't have to hit it with hammers. He didn't have to hit it with... Uh, pile irons. He didn't have to shoot cannonballs in it. He didn't have to do anything to the walls. He didn't even have to touch the walls. He just had to shout to God. You know why? Because God made a promise to Abraham that your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies because of a sacrifice made almost a thousand years earlier on the side of a hill, Joshua was able to enter into the blessing of God and call down the walls of Jericho and inherit. You have no idea what you and I set in motion over our generations through our sacrificial giving and our generosity. That's why we do Vision Builders. That's why we do it. It's not just about enlarging your territory. It's about the generations. It's about impacting the generations and setting in motion something that is supernatural that is working for you. You know, I, I just love our church and I just love what God is doing in San Diego, Salt Lake City, right around the world. And I know that, it, that it's only going to increase. And I know that God is wanting to use you to be a key instrument in it. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person right now as they consider being obedient to the Holy Spirit, to the voice of God. I know that you're going to whisper amounts and sometimes those amounts are going to seem, oh my gosh, that's shocking. Oh my God. But just go with God. Go with God. He's not trying to get anything from you. He's trying to get something to you. And, and that obedience is what unlocks the blessing of God. So Father, I thank you for blessing. Thank you for speaking to each and every person. What a privilege. I love you. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed this message. Bye. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.